Blog Talk Radio. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. You've just landed in the Sin Bin with your hosts, Paul Rogers. You went to Princeton and we're all Eastern, weren't you, Ned? That's what it said in the yearbook, Jim. Uh-huh. And Otto Rogers. <laughs> you want a wife? Yeah. All right, let's show them what we got, guys. Okay. Right. Yeah. Get out there on the ice and let them know you're there. my All right, everyone. I want to welcome everyone to the Seattle Simbin podcast. I'm your host, Paul Rogers. Uh, my host, my co-host, Otto Rogers, will be joining us uh, in a little while. But I understand he's putting a roast in the oven or something. Um, but we've got a great we've got a great show for you guys tonight. Uh, first off, in a few minutes, um, we're going to talk to uh, King Five reporter Chris Daniels. Actually, I talked to him earlier today, so we we pre-recorded the segment. Uh, but uh, he talks. We're going to talk to him a lot about um, what's going on with the Seattle Arena situation. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what's going on in Soto. Uh, talk about the delays or seeming seemingly delays uh, that are happening. Um, we expected to have a street vacation vote on Occidental for Occidental Avenue for the Soto Arena in January but we have since learned that that's going to be closer to the end of March or uh, sometime in April. And so that's taking quite a while longer than we expected it to. Um, and so Chris and I are going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the situation in Tukwila. What is the status of Ray Bartizek's project? Uh, where are they in the arena reviews? Um, and where, where do things stand there? Is there any life in the Bellevue project? That kind of thing. And also we're going to talk about uh, the comments this week from NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman about uh, the about the situation in Seattle. Uh, Chris Daniels reported, um, well, uh, Bettman was on the radio in in Canada uh, yesterday, the day before, and was basically saying Seattle's still an intriguing possibility, but the NHL is not waiting for Seattle. Uh, although, you know, clearly they're still interested in Seattle the way things are going. And so, you know, we'll just see, we'll just see what happens, uh, what materializes with that. Um, and later in the show, uh, we're going to have, um, our beat writer for the Tri-City Americans come on. His name is Sam Hinch. This will be his second time on the show. We're looking forward to it. Looking, looking forward to seeing how things are going this season for the Ans, which are my team. Uh, looking looking forward to talking about how things are going in the WHL in general, um, and just talking some hockey. Um, and so, you know, I really can't wait until this arena issue is behind us and we can finally, finally, finally talk about an NHL team someday that's actually going to come to Seattle. Uh, don't know when that's going to happen, uh, but I, I do believe it'll happen someday. We just have to we just have to show some patience through this process, and I know. I know uh, we're all here to, tired of hearing about that word patience, 
uh, I'm tired of hearing about the word patience because we've been working on this arena for three years now, and it's, it just seems like every time we think, uh, you know, we're close to the finish line, the finish line gets pushed back a few months, and uh, that's just kind of the way it's gone. It's it's just typical. It's uh, um, it's the standard mo for this entire process in Soto. Um, looking back uh, on how we expected the the street vacation to happen in January, how could we possibly have expected that street vacation to happen in January? Because nothing ever ever happens, you know, when we think it should. Uh, but you know, that's just the way it goes. Uh, that's the way it goes in government politics. Seattle in particular, they don't call it the Seattle process for nothing, um, but uh, that's just the situation we have. That's just the situation we have. Um, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to—I'll play the interview with Chris Daniels, um, and so looking forward to that. We'll take a short break, and we'll come back with Chris Daniels. You know what the NHL stands for? Non-stop hockey love. Hockey love. Like when the Thrashers score a goal and those giant bird heads shoot flames 20 feet out of their mouth, you can feel the warmth fall over you. Can you feel? That's hockey love. The hockey love. Or when a player is sent to the penalty box to think about the wrong he has done, that is the league version of sending a kid to a timeout. Done with tough hockey love. Sometimes in between periods, they have little tight hockey. Little kids playing hockey in their little thrashers uniforms. They try so hard, and their parents are so proud, so full of hockey love. I'm talking about hockey love! I wish I could go out there and play against them. I bet I could kick some ass. (laughs) All right. Rogers, and I believe my co-host has joined us. Otto, are you there? 
I am here, Paul. How are you? Doing good. Did you get, did you get the dinner in the oven? I got the dinner in the oven. <laughs> What's for dinner? Meatloaf. What's for dinner? Meatloaf. That does, yeah. That doesn't sound too bad. Well, okay, so meatloaf, but what's going with it? Uh, green beans. Green beans? Potatoes or anything? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no potatoes today. Okay, just uh, meatloaf just meat, and green beans. Just protein and veggies. <laughs> protein and veggies. All right, Otto. Well, I'm glad you joined us. Um, and as you know that I, as you know, I pre-recorded an interview with Mr. Chris Daniels today. And uh, I didn't want to play it until you joined us so you could hear the whole thing and we can talk about it after. And now that you're here, uh, I'm going to go ahead and play it. So here we go. Okay. As promised, everyone, we now have Chris Daniels on the phone, our esteemed King 5 reporter. And and Chris, how have you been? We haven't talked to you in a couple months. Well, Happy New Year. I'm hanging in there. I'm covering a whole bunch of things, including – uh, the latest down in Soto and down in Tukwila, but it's uh, every day is a, a juggling act. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's sunny in Yakima today. Is it? You guys have good weather over there today? Oh no, no, it's uh, heavy rain. Heavy rain in the forecast, according to uh, our meteorologist here at, at King Five. It, it it sounds like it may rain until July at this point. Oh my God. <laughs> and have you guys gotten all moved into your new headquarters? Uh, we are a couple of weeks away. The, the process has already begun, uh, and, and a large part of the staff is already down there uh, at uh, the new location in Soto across from Safeco Field. And uh, I know some people are excited about it, and uh, I think people are going to be excited to see the new set. Uh, the, the news department, yeah. the sports department, uh, they, they won't be down there until mid-February, but uh, that's just a couple of weeks away, and it's going to be a whole new world. Yeah, I noticed a couple. I noticed uh, several days ago that uh, one of the one of your friends down in Sacramento was was kind enough to remind you that uh, even though <laughs> King Five is relocating, there's no chance that the Kings are. So it was good of them to remind us of that. But uh, well, it was, uh, so, it was kind yeah. of funny because I never, yeah, I, I had not really thought about that uh, with say that uh, King Five, which kind of the, the number five looks like an S. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. Kings are moving down to Soto. <laughs> I, I actually thought that was kind of funny and clever. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, so, like you're saying, lots going on, and uh, we've got. It, it just seems like with this uh, Soto Arena proposal, uh, anytime you think it's going to start picking up speed, it doesn't pick up speed, and it always takes longer than longer than you think it's going to take. So, what what's going on? What's taking so long? We're now hearing it's going to be late April, maybe even April, uh, late late March, or maybe even April before. Uh, the vacation vote is done. What, what's taken so long with this process? Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Paul. It, it does seem like every time <clears throat> I'm given a date uh, about whether it's an EIS or a final EIS or a vote, uh, uh, that it, it, it gets delayed uh, for one reason or another. And, and what has happened here is uh, partly uh, just timing uh, with the street vacation vote and, and partly a, a brand-new council uh, with the city of Seattle, uh, as I've told you before, the uh, the mayor had hoped to have a, a vote on a street vacation uh, from the council by the end of the year, uh, meaning the end of last year. 
uh, or the beginning part of this year, and, and all indications were uh, that was going to happen. The, the street vacation recommendation was sent down to the council back on the last day of November, uh, and Tom Rasmussen, who was the outgoing city councilman, who was the chair of the Transportation Committee, said uh, a couple of days later that the, he just didn't have time to get to it in the month of December with the holidays, uh, but that there was interest in getting uh, to the issue uh, as soon as possible from a couple of his uh, fellow council members. He thought that the council would get to it in January, uh, and here we are in January, and uh, there is a lot going on in the city of Seattle, uh, and frankly, the arena uh, is not top of mind. I mean, the, the homeless issue uh, here is kind of uh, taking center stage in, in how the city deals with it, and uh, Mike O'Brien is a council member that uh, in his district has received a lot of heat uh, over how he's handled that issue, and his attention has been on that issue right now, the homeless issue, uh, and, and he okay. is also the chair of the Transportation Committee. Uh, and, and what he has been uh, trying to do from every indication that I've been given is uh, try to figure out the best way to uh, bring up this arena issue uh, with his uh, fellow council members and also schedule a public meeting. Uh, as you are well aware, uh, Paul, this is going to, uh, uh, with this potential last vote uh, on the arena, it's going to bring out uh, everybody who is for and against it, and, and O'Brien knows that and is going to right. schedule a public meeting uh, within uh, a month uh, of the announcement, within 28 days, to allow as many council members and uh, members of the port and the maritime industry and Sonics fans to get together and, and say why they want to see the building or why they don't want to see the building. And, and then after that, according to O'Brien, there will be at least one, uh, likely two different transportation committee meetings uh, on the issue and, and whether it should proceed uh, as written right now. And then if it, if it gets past that point, there'll be a full council vote. So all of this means right. it's going to take uh, at least a couple of more months uh, to, to settle out uh, before there is a vote on a street vacation. Right. And, and so what you're saying is it could be March or April just to get out of committee, right? And that's not even the full council. When you start doing the math right. and you start looking at a calendar and you know that there's only two uh, transportation committee meetings a month, uh, this this month was a little unusual just with the Martin Luther King holiday. Uh, they they kind of had to move them around the schedule, but but that is what is slotted every month uh, is two different committee right. meetings with the transportation committee. So when you start looking at the calendar, yeah, it looks like March or April before there could be a full council vote. Uh, if, again... <laughs> Uh, the the folks at City Hall stick to this calendar, and we have seen, at yeah. least in the last year, it seems like uh, not everything goes according to the calendar uh, as they originally laid right. out. But I guess my concern at the moment is, okay, we, we get it out of committee, and then it's in the full council's hands. There's no guarantee that they're going to take it up right away. <laughs> and uh, Otto's not with me right now, but I was telling Otto the other day and he, that I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was June before the full council voted on it, um, just because of the way everything works. And it, it just seems like I, I think one of the part of the issue here, Chris, is that uh, we were all kind of expecting a, a bit of a streamlined process when we finally got to this point. 
but it seems like they're going to give it as much scrutiny the second time around as they did the first time around three years ago. Uh, so that's it, it's just a little um, disappointing, I guess, for for Sonics fans and, and hockey fans. Well, yeah, I, I, I do believe that it's going to be uh, the final act one way or the other uh, as, as the port and maritime industry and uh, the Hansen group all, all gear up for uh, their, their final statements, their uh, closing arguments in uh, what has been a rather lengthy um, debate about this building. Um, it is the Seattle process at its finest. Uh, people have made jokes already oh, yeah. about uh, what will be done first, Bertha or uh, or an arena project. Um, I, I think that that's what they're gearing up for. Mike O'Brien has uh, different interests interests and different constituents, uh, and, and is uh, taking a more pragmatic approach on this, perhaps than than Tom Rasmussen, and uh, wants to make sure every voice is heard. Uh, and, and also right. wants to vet with his fellow council members whether there's the support on the street vacation. Listen, one, one of the things that has not really been discussed um, in, in my reporting or, or elsewhere is uh, the context of street vacations in the city of Seattle. And uh, there was uh, somewhat of a fight with a project that Amazon uh, wanted to complete and had asked for a street vacation. This is just recently in the last couple of weeks. Didn't generate a lot of news uh, because there's been so much construction in Seattle, but um, th- there was a request for a street vacation, and it went through uh, a few different committee hearings last year, finally came to the council, and one of the first actions of this new council was to vote on a street vacation, and they approved it. Uh, there were some changes as it went along the line, but uh, it, it brought up a bigger debate about what is given to a city uh, in exchange for a street vacation. And I think that will also be part of the discussion uh, when it gets to a public meeting and gets to a transportation committee meeting is what exactly is the city getting here. And, and I know, Paul, you are well-versed in, in this and, and what Chris Hansen has offered uh, in exchange for the street vacation, including the the road and the and the public park and the improvements to the sidewalks and the pedestrian bridge, uh, and and those are going to be the things that the Hanson Group will say they're doing uh, to get this two block stretch of Occidental eliminated. Right. Yeah, and I I wouldn't be surprised. In addition to that, I just at every step of the way, it seems like he has to contribute more money. <laughs> and so he, I know he's already pledged that forty million to the transportation fund, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if they tried to squeeze some more, some more out of them at this step just to get it done. Uh, it just seems yeah, to be the way it goes. There is leverage on both sides, uh, you know, in this, uh, in this argument. I mean, the, in that final recommendation from SDOT, it, it was interesting that it was brought up that the, the land could still be developed as an 800,000 square foot mixed use facility. And, uh, I, I can't see Chris Hansen uh, selling off that land at this point, the way Seattle real estate has gone in the last uh, three and a half, four years. He, it looked like he overpaid back uh, starting in 2011 and, and in 2012 on that land, and it's done nothing but go up in value. And, and I can't see him doing anything else with that land but to build an arena or, or a mixed-use uh, facility. And, and the question is what that would do uh, down in Soto, so there are a lot of factors in all of this. Uh, there, there's also transportation down in, in Soto and 
you know, I wrote this past week uh, about Lander Street, um, which is a uh, a project that the port has wanted for years that the city has um, uh, neglected. Uh, actually, had approved at one point through a, a voter levy, uh, and then shifted the money around. Uh, failed promises is, is how I've labeled it in the past uh, between the city and the port. Uh, but now you have SDOT Director Scott Kubley saying that that's his top priority with this new levy, uh, this mega levy, $930 million levy that was approved by voters last fall, that that's his top priority. Uh, the state has given money to it now. Seattle voters have given money to it now. Uh, the port has wanted it for years. Uh, the question is whether the port will contribute to that, how much money that uh, Chris Hansen's transportation fund, if the arena is approved, would go to that. Uh, but it, it, it's a big, complicated project that if everybody chips in, there's the potential for, for federal dollars, which would help complete the project. So kind of lingering in the background in this discussion, this bigger discussion about an arena is also another discussion about a transportation corridor that the port could use. And I think that will be right. another factor in the in the debate going forward here in the next couple of months. Yeah, and I, I think the you know I've criticized the port as much as anyone, but I I think they've got a valid point on the Lander Street overpass, and you know they do need to improve uh, freight mobility down there. Um, my only concern has been that they don't seem to uh, acknowledge that Chris Hansen has contributed anything towards it, and that's been my main frustration with them. But uh, so Chris is the longer this lingers in Soto, the more uh, other scenarios stay alive. And uh, I think last month, uh, you and Jeff Baker both reported that uh, the Aquila project was essentially on vapors. And, uh, you know, he was behind on payments and things like that. And there was there was concern that he might be out of that project by the end of the year. Uh, but I think last week, you and I both reported that he is still in. He, uh, and so what, what do you think is going on in Tukwila right now? What's the status there? Well... The longer the Seattle uh, <clears throat> issue drags out, the, the more time it buys for Ray Bartizek to uh, to get his money put together and, and get his project put together. And, and the, the indications I've received from from his camp is they're still still working on it, still moving forward. That they're not dead uh, in any stretch of the imagination. They paid their bill to the city of Tukwila, uh, and, and they're hoping that they can uh, finalize some things here in the first quarter of the year. We'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, but the, the longer it drags out in Seattle, uh, the better chance that, that Ray Bartizek can, can re-enter the conversation in, in Tukwila. I think what's also interesting, too, is uh, as everybody has seen here in the last 24 hours, uh, despite the door being closed uh, seemingly by the NHL in July, uh, Gary Bettman has cracked that door back open by, by talking about Seattle as a viable uh, NHL market in the interview he did uh, up in, in Canada right. with Sportsnet, uh, I think uh, that raises an eyebrow about uh, not only uh, the expansion process, but also Seattle and, and, and what a Tukwila or, or Seattle announcement on an arena uh, would mean for the NHL. Uh, this, this expansion process that was supposed to be wrapped up first in July and then September has just dragged on. Uh, now no announcement uh, at the All-Star Game uh, here in January. Uh, and, and the question is, where is the NHL going with this? At the same time, um, this expansion process, uh, if you put it in quotes, uh, has played out. The, the loony up in Canada has plummeted like a rock. 
Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, that's a factor. No matter what anyone wants to say, that's a factor for any of the Canadian franchises and the, and the idea of expanding into another Canadian market right now with the instability of the Canadian dollar. So uh, it, yeah. it was interesting, uh, definitely, to hear Gary Bettman talk about Seattle and also specifically talk about the Soto project with Chris Hansen uh, and that uh, yeah. at this point he believes Hansen is focused only on the NBA. Yeah, and I want to I want to read that quote, and I, you actually had this quote in your article uh, about this. And Bettman says, "I think it's fair to say that Mr. Hansen is more focused on a sport other than the NHL. And while there are people interested in try, in trying to get some some things off the ground with him, perhaps his agenda was dominating those discussions. And so, as I look at that quote, uh, and as I as I listen to him say that, um, he's almost he, it's almost like he's accusing Chris Hansen of not necessarily negotiating in good faith with the NHL guys and almost accusing him of uh, maybe this isn't just a financial thing. Maybe he wants to have NBA first no matter what. Um, what do you think of that? I mean, that's that was a pretty strong statement from him about Hansen. Yeah, I, I, I kind of read it uh, a, a different way after uh, – talking to people at the NHL and uh, over the years and, and talking to the NBA and being well-versed in, in David Stern speak. Uh, uh, these guys are smart lawyers, and, and I think there's a little bit of uh, strategy in a statement like that, um, that uh, right. uh, Bettman is trying to get a certain point across uh, in public uh, to try and maybe spur something. Uh, but, you know, the the, the takeaway from – uh, those comments from Bettman, were, which were his longest comments on Seattle, by the way, since since last summer, and his uh, his terse statement uh, about the, the fact that nobody stepped forward in Seattle to to file an expansion expansion bid. The, the fact that he's talking about Seattle again, I think, uh, raises an eyebrow, uh, especially since they haven't committed yet on expansion. Right. 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 Okay. And uh, is anything? Brewing behind the scenes still in Bellevue, or is that project completely dead? Uh, I wouldn't say dead. I, I think there's, uh, you know, Bellevue is moving ahead on uh, as a city on on other plans for uh, Wilberton, uh, the area that's just east of 405, uh, and, and the future of the landscape there. I mean, that is that is on their agenda for 2016. Uh, east Link Light Rail goes through there. Uh, as well, uh, so so they are moving forward as a city uh, w- without planning for an arena. Uh, Tuckwilla is right. still on hold with that property down there, and really, it's it's almost apples to oranges. Bellevue has a has a lot going on in that area uh, that that people have discussed for a decade now uh, as a a potential arena site. That they have plenty of options there uh, for growth. Uh, Tuckwilla, yeah. that area is, is largely manufacturing industrial. Uh, it, there are several buildings that have been there for years. Uh, there is uh, an opportunity for redevelopment there, and I think that's what Ray Bartizek sees and, and also the location. So uh, it's really kind of an apples to yeah. oranges thing in that Tuckwilla is kind of waiting to see what happens with Bartizek. Bellevue is, is moving ahead as if nothing is going to happen arena-wise. Right. It, it just seems like Tequila would be a much less complex development than Bellevue 
and it just seems like oh, no the doubt. only thing necessary would be for Bartizak to land that whale, so to speak. Um, of course, that's a big if. That's, <laughs> that's I mean, it, it's, I, I say that, and it sounds like I'm saying it's really easy, and, and, and the fact is landing that whale is the hardest thing. But yeah, if Tuckwilla you can do it, it almost, just seems uh, like... Yeah, sorry, Paul. Tuckwilla is almost the... Uh, the 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 Inglewood or Carson uh, situation with the the Rams and uh, the NFL with the the Chargers and the Raiders, where uh, it would likely be greenlit pretty quick uh, after the environmental review. I mean, uh, think about how quickly everything transpired in Inglewood and Carson when when they heard that uh, one of the teams wanted to build a, a stadium there. Uh, the the amount of red right. tape is is nowhere near what it would be in Seattle or or Bellevue for that matter. I mean. In Bellevue, there, there's a real issue there with certain forces that don't want to increase uh, traffic uh, into the downtown area. 405 is, is almost the worse than uh, I-5 uh, over in Seattle. Right. So uh, it, it's it's more complex than, than some would have you believe uh, with any sort of Bellevue project, uh, whether it be an arena right. or otherwise. And speaking of the Tequila uh, uh, Environmental Review, um, so we know that Ray has uh, has gotten current on that bill, but what's the status of the review? Are they are they actively doing the review, or are they in between phases on the review? Uh, what, what's the status of the actual review? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I, I think it's uh, that that's unclear at this point. I know that uh, the the payment was for services rendered as part of. Uh, that environmental review, and it was one of many payments uh, scheduled to be made. Uh, so I, I'm not exactly sure at this point if, if that review is now back on uh, after that payment was made uh, and if it was delayed and, and by how much. I, I, it's just not clear at this point. Uh, but what we're hearing from Tuckwilla and what we're hearing from the Bartizak camp is they're still moving forward. Okay. Well, that's that's better than better than being dead, I guess. So, uh, and you know, speaking as the host of a hockey show, uh, I'm glad Tequila is still alive because at the moment, even if uh, Soto gets approved, there's no guarantee that uh, any kind of NHL between Coleman and Hanson. And so, uh, I'm glad that Tequila is still there as an option for us. Yeah, you know, I almost get the sense that everybody's just kind of laying low right now to um, on the on the league levels. Uh, just waiting to see what happens uh, in Seattle and Tukwila, and, and if if there is a building that is shovel ready, uh, if if it's Chris Hansen or if it's Ray Bartizak, uh who who has a building ready to go, just waiting for a team, uh, it, it changes the conversation. Uh, it, it gives yeah. Chris Hansen a chip in Seattle uh, if, if he has a building that has a street vacation approved. Uh, master use permit, uh, he can go to either league and say, hey, I'm ready to go. Let's make a deal. Same thing in Tukwila uh, with Ray Bartizak, who uh, from the start has been focused on the building first and the team second. And if he if he gets that building uh, greenlit and is in a position uh, to, to start construction, it's going to change conversations as well. It really right. is a game outside the games. I mean, it is it is high-stakes poker. And there's lots of scenarios, uh, but that is uh, that is something that at least the vibe I get is is on hold right now uh, until the, the municipalities and, and the actual owners 
settle their respective arena deals. Okay. Well, Chris, I want to thank you for coming on with us uh, again, and you've uh, you've always been a friend of the show, and uh, we appreciate all the work you do covering the myriad of stories related to this. And so uh, have a great day and try to stay out of the rain. Uh, I will. Good to talk to you. Hope all is well otherwise. All right. Thanks, Chris. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Drop that puck! 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 Take a seat, because you've just been sent to the sin bin with your host, Recently returned from his forced deportation to Canada and that country's subsequent refusal to accept him, Paul Rogers! And Otto Rogers! <laughs> yeah, funny old intro there. Yeah. Otto, are you back with me again? I am back. All right. Now, you know what? Uh, we're going to go. Great interview. Yeah, I, he had a lot of good things to say tonight. I mean, he always does, but um, he he really put a lot of things into context for us. Um, and you know, we're we're going to go to Sam Hinchy here in just a second. But uh, at the end of the show, we're going to talk more about the interview itself. But uh, yeah, he had a lot of good context to offer, like he always does. And uh, just a lot to digest there. And, uh, but, yeah, but right now we don't have time to digest it because uh, <laughs> we have our beat writer from for the Tri-City Americans on the line. Uh, Mr. Sam Hinchy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You guys got me? We got you. Yep. We got you. And so, Sam, you are, um, yeah, it's good to have you back again. You are our guy for the Tri-City Americans, and, of course, the, the Americans are my team, so uh, because of that, you're my favorite beat writer. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, I, I've only been able to go to one game, though, though this year, so um, I'm hoping to go to more games in the near future. Uh, but, uh, you know, before we get into the hockey stuff, how are you enjoying just covering the team like this? Has this been a really good experience for you, or... Uh, how's that going? Well, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, when I was on with you guys before, we kind of talked a little bit about some of the writing I had done before and, and how I hadn't really ever – I covered a lot of sports, but I'd never covered hockey, which is by far my favorite. And uh, growing up in the Tri-Cities, uh, I, you know, I loved the WHL. So to be able to cover the WHL and to be able to cover the Americans and hockey in general has been uh, – it's been a lot of fun. It's been a whole new experience. I haven't – had a lot of blog writing experience, but uh, but but it, it's been new. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and, and you you really have done a great job. And, and um, I don't think I told I don't know if I told you this last time, but uh, whenever you you submit your articles, I don't have to do a whole lot to them to make them publishable. Um, <laughs> and, and that that's really important. <laughs> that that really saves me a lot of time, and so. Um, you're, you know, you, there's very little editing to do on your writing. Uh, you have, you put things in a pretty good format. 
and so I don't have that much to tweak. And so for the for being an editor, I really appreciate that because it saves me a ton of time. Uh, but how's the season going in general for the Americans? It seems like uh, it's not that great of a year so far. No, uh, you know it's been uh, it's another year where uh, unfortunately it's, it's the third year in a row it looks like where they're uh, they're at the, the bottom of the division. Uh, they had a, a long run of success in the division, a lot of division titles, uh, even won a Western Conference title uh, about five years ago, I believe it was, and then uh, reached the finals, but. But it's been a little tough the past few years, and, and this season's kind of kind of been the same. They've they've really been hit with injuries a lot this season. Uh, I, I harped on that a lot the last time we spoke. Uh, they've gotten a lot healthier since we we last spoke, but their uh, the results are kind of they kind of just seem to be treading water a little bit. They're you know they go on a on a run. They won three games in a row a couple weeks back, but it was against a couple of low level Eastern Conference teams and. Uh, and Vancouver, who's in last in the Western Conference, and uh, they're they're playing well in games that they lose as well. Last week they had a great game in Kelowna. They uh, they had a couple of different leads in the game, and it was tied going into the third. And Kelowna ended up uh, taking the win and uh, in regulation, so they didn't get any points. And then a couple nights later in Portland, another real back and forth game that Portland was able to sneak out at the end of the third period and. And those are the kind of points that they that they're just missing out on. That's really gonna really could end up hurting them at the end of the season. Uh, these one goal losses, these you know two goal losses with an empty net goal. Uh, but uh, they're they're in they're about as healthy as they've been in a long time. They're they're down a couple of players for the rest of the season, but they've gotten most everyone back. They made they stood pretty still at the trade deadline. They made one move and acquired a 20 year old from uh, Prince Albert by the name of Mackenzie Stewart who's a draft pick of the Vancouver Canucks. He had been playing uh, with their AHL and uh, ECHL team affiliates, uh, and he got sent down. And so uh, the Americans traded for him, and he's he's provided some uh, some more depth, and he's he's played well, and uh, and he's a he's a big guy. He's kind of uh, I don't know if he's known as an enforcer, but he he's he can fight, and so he's, he's fought a couple of times, and. Uh, and, but overall, the 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 outcomes have not been what they've been looking for. But most certainly, like I said last time, they're they're really only uh, you know a three four game win streak out of being right back in the thick of it. There are about I think there's seven points behind Spokane right now uh, in the division, and so uh, you know they just run off two three wins. They play Spokane on Saturday, so that's a good chance to make up some points. If uh, they can string together some wins, they're right back in it. Okay. Um, Otto, you had some questions for Mr. Hinchy, I believe. Uh, hey, Sam, how are you doing? Good, Otto. Good to talk to you again. Good. Hey, um, one of the things that, that I that I've seen recently um, with the Americans, uh, tell me about that uh, uh, the ten round shootout uh, win against against Regina. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I don't know how. When you say there's a ten-round shootout, that means like each team had that the one-on-one against the the other goalie until to score score a goal. Yeah, well, so the the shootouts are obviously their best of three. So you know if right. uh, you know team scores the first two and the other team misses the first two, it's over. Well, what right. happened was is they went they went nine rounds. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, after the third round, it's just uh, it's kind of a sudden death round. Whoever 
if they keep matching right. each other, they just keep going. If they don't, then the game's over. And and uh, right. for that entire shootout, the first nine rounds, neither team scored a goal. And that was that's what I thought was the most impressive. So you you see shootouts every now and then that go a lot around, but I don't right. think I've ever seen a shootout go that far without anybody scoring whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, and sure enough, uh, the Americans uh, probably they're all around best player uh, defenseman Brandon Carlo. Uh, you know, once you get to the tenth round, you're starting to get to guys who who aren't really used to doing that kind of thing. And right. So they, they sent him out there, and uh, he had never taken a shootout attempt in his entire career, and uh, huh. and he went down and scored. That's crazy. I mean, I can't even imagine how uh, anxious they have to be watching that. Just you know, you know, you either win or you lose on one shot. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it I'm, was it, it was it was a crazy outcome. It was a it was oh a strange God. game in general. They. Uh, Regina came back uh, from a couple of goal deficits, and it was it was a bizarre game. But they they were certainly happy to come away with the win. Good deal. Um, and I also saw that uh, Evan Evan Sarthau, um he was ranked ninth in the midterm uh, NHL scouting rankings. Um, how do you know? Do you think that's a fair ranking for him? And how do you think he's done this year? Well, he's definitely. That was an interesting. I was I was a little surprised to see that. Not because it, it, I don't think it's unwarranted. I just thought that maybe he would be lower because uh, his numbers and and his stats this season have not been great, um, which right. isn't you know necessarily a reflection of him. Uh, just a reflection of you know his play along with the the struggles the team has gone through this year. Uh, Right. But he, he certainly he's been uh, highly sought ever probably since he was fourteen fifteen. He was even when he was a backup for uh, Comrie, uh, who's going to have a great pro career. Uh, everyone, you know, it was just kind of sitting around waiting, and he was they, the team was always very confident in him as a backup. And this is his first season as the kind of the full time starter, and he struggled. Uh, I'm sure he would tell you that himself. He, he definitely uh, probably not had the kind of season he would envision. Uh, but I think that ranking certainly reflects uh, kind of his his play as a whole, not necessarily just this season, and uh, certainly uh, kind of looking ahead. And they see him as a as a as a potential prospect. You know, he's got the he's got the build of a goalie. He moves well. He sees the puck well. So he's certainly got uh, he's got the tools. Uh, it's just kind of a matter of these next you know the rest of this season if he gets drafted and then putting that all together to you know, put together a professional career. Right. And what, what do you think um, – how, how has Carlo looked this year? I know he was the uh, the number one draft – number one, number one draft choice, right, or number – second round? Well, second round. Um, early – I think he was the oh, second or third pick of the second round, 30 right. – in the 30s uh, by the Bruins, yeah. Uh, right. How, how has he done this year so far? Oh, he's been great. He's been great. He's been there, kind of their rock on the blue line. He's uh, he's such a big guy. He's uh, um, you know the Bruins know something about big defensemen with Zdeno Chara, and uh, he doesn't he doesn't have that size, but he's certainly he's 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 a huge player, long reach, uh, really good skater for his size. Uh, really does a good job of keeping. Uh, doesn't let many guys get around him. He does a great job of keeping players in front of him, keeping forwards in front of him. Uh, he's six foot five, so he's you know prototypical professional defenseman. Uh, if you kind of look at him, you see him and everything. He's got the he's got the physical tools, and 
and he's had a very good season. He was out for a little bit with injuries, and then he obviously was uh, he was out for nine or ten games uh, playing with Team USA at the World Juniors, where he did a fantastic job. He was uh, he was on the top defensive pairing uh, with um, uh, I believe his name is Warninsky, uh, Warninsky or something like that from uh, Michigan, the defenseman from right. Michigan. He was the captain of that team. They were the top two defensemen, and he uh, he had a few points. He scored in the uh, I believe it was the bronze medal game that they won. Uh, right. Oh, it was Sweden, I believe. Yeah, Sweden. Right. He beat yeah. Sweden in the bronze medal game. Yeah, he scored in that game, and they they had a great. He, he had a great tournament. Was uh was arguably their best defenseman in the tournament, and uh, and he's certainly and that's obviously something the World Juniors are something that scouts are are uh, are very closely looking at, and so he uh, he certainly hasn't hurt himself his any of his stock this season. Coming into the year, he attended the the Bruins. Uh, kind of rookie evaluation camp, and I, right. I I read nothing but good things coming out of uh, coming out of the front offices there. The public comments that they made about Carlo, it was all positive, and they were they're very happy. And uh, I think uh, I think he's on his way to a potentially a great NHL career. Good deal. And so I know you talked a little bit uh, about how the Americans they've they, you know they kind of had a nice little three game winning streak, and then they kind of Kind of had some tough losses. Um, how do you how do you see the rest of the rest of the season going? Do you think um, I, I I noticed that they have uh, it's like like five or six of their last seven games are at home. How do you think uh, you think they can catch Spokane? Who's kind of they're kind of sputtering a little bit. Yeah, you know that's that's the one thing they got going for them is uh, is Spokane has certainly um, uh, Spokane made a few trades and since then has a. Uh, has definitely slipped a little bit, and, and uh, the Americans are certainly drawn closer. Last week, Spokane kind of had the benefit of uh, getting to play the worst team in the league two nights in a row and picked up a couple of wins. So uh, they pulled away a little bit, but, you know, they haven't played each other since the uh, New Year's Eve game uh, in Kennewick that the Chiefs won, and they uh, they play each other again on Saturday, and that would be obviously a big chance for the Americans to make up some ground. Uh, they got to play Everett tomorrow night, the division leaders and the team that's really surging right now. Uh, that'll be a tough home game against the Tips. Uh, right. but, you know, the schedule is, you know, like you said, they play. Uh, looks like they play uh, six of their last seven are at home, and the only right, yeah. road game of those is in Spokane, which is just 120 miles, 130 miles up the road. Right. Uh, so they really don't have to travel much the last couple weeks of the season. Unfortunately, before that, they still have to. Uh, they, they still do have, <coughs> excuse me. They still do have a their uh, Eastern Conference road trip coming up where they got to go to Cooney, yeah. Cooney, Lethbridge, Red Deer, Edmonton, and those right. are always tough trips. But uh, yeah, and then, and then right before their uh, their six or seven at home, they got they got uh, one against Seattle, and two against Everett, and one against Portland on the road right before the mm-hmm. home stretch. So you know it might look a little more scarier before you know where. Yeah, greener pastures uh, to end the season. So, yeah, they've they've certainly been a, a team that uh, they play really well on their home ice, and so those last like those last uh, six out of seven at home, those could come in clutch at the end. Uh, a, a couple of them, and they got Seattle a couple of times, and and uh, a lot of divisional opponents, and so they they have the they have the opportunities whether they can, uh, you know, put it together and string together maybe four or five six wins in a row, is. Uh, you know, remains to be seen, but uh, <coughs> excuse me, gosh, uh, 
they certainly have the talent. I said they've beaten the teams that are ahead of them. I think they've beaten every team in uh, in the division at least once this season. They mm-hmm. they they can put together the performances. It's just going to take a sixty minute effort kind of every night. They're not the most skilled team in the division, so they uh, they're just going to have to put together sixty solid minutes every night, and especially on the road. The road is where they've struggled a little bit. If they can uh, right. put together some road wins uh, and you know play sixty minutes of hockey and Stay on it. I think they can string together enough wins to possibly. They still have quite a few matchups with Spokane, so they definitely have the chance. Definitely, definitely. Well, Sam, that's that's all the questions I had for you. I'm gonna throw it back to Paul. All right, Otto. Thanks a lot. Uh, well, Sam, once again, I want to thank you for coming on, and uh, I'm sure we'll have occasion to have you on before the season's over again. Uh, how, how many more weeks are there in the season? Well, I got the schedule up right now, and it looks like they're, the regular season ends the week the weekend of uh, March 19th and the 20th. So that's probably there's still okay, a bit about eight months. weeks or so. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll have you on again uh, between now and the end of the season. Um, and once again, I want to thank you for the great job you're doing for us and for our readers, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much, guys. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Thanks, Sam. All right. All right. That was Sam Hinchy, and uh, he is our beat writer for the Tri-City Americans talking about uh, the AMs. And we're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, Otto and I are going to wrap this show up for the night. The Vancouver Canucks Team Store is the only place to get all your authentic Vancouver Canucks merchandise. $22 keychains. $45 t-shirts made in Indonesia, but but screen printed in Canada. The Vancouver Canucks Team Store, where the players shop. Because making $5 million a year is the only way you can afford this crap. premium beer is to please a lot of people, it has to be good. It has to know the way to natural ingredients, what prime quality hops to seek out, what first-rate grains to choose. It must draw upon the Pacific Northwest's pure mountain water. But above all else, it must deliver fine taste. Today, one beer does it all. Mountain Fresh Rainier, a brew apart. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Drop that puck! 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 Take a seat, because you've just been sent to the sin bin with your host, recently returned from his forced deportation to Canada and that country's subsequent refusal to accept him, segment of the Seattle Sinbin podcast for the night. I am your co-host I am your host Paul Rogers with my co-host Otto Rogers and no we are not brothers. Um <laughs> but we look you know if we look quite a bit alike so I can see why people make the mistake. 
But I, th- I think we are. I think we are, your, I think we are soul brothers. <laughs> we are definitely soul brothers. Definitely. All right. So going back to the Chris Daniels interview, what yeah. stood out to you? What Chris had to say. Well, I think I think he kind of addressed. Um, good, good on you for asking about the Bellevue situation. He talked about how, you know, the the location, the possible location of where the Bellevue set was going to be, how the city's kind of moving on with other projects um, on that site. So you know that you know Bellevue might not be officially dead, but maybe that site is no longer is that site's off the table. So. That might complicate any kind of future Bellevue group. Um, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, he also mentioned like there's a lot of uh, there's some pushback about bringing in things into Bellevue, which would cause traffic issues. Um, and right. you know that's also interesting compared to Tequila, where Tequila everyone's you know everyone's all in, right? Mayor's all in, city council all in, everyone's all in, and they have this area where it's just, it's, it's 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 set up where you can you you know you can build that arena like how Chris mentioned you can build those you know restaurants you can build those other kinds of things you're kind of right in a you know a traffic kind of triangle area right there so um, that was really yeah. interesting to hear about that and um, his comments about Gary Bettman uh, were pretty interesting about how kind of Gary Bettman you know. Had a little Dave, little David Stern, you know, lawyer speak, I guess. Um, oh, you know, it's more than a little bit. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's more than a little well, bit. They, they, together, they talk they? exactly the same, and they have the exact same personality, and they have the exact same attitude. And if it wasn't yeah, for so. just a slight difference in their voice, you could not yeah. tell the difference between the two. Um, right. Regarding Bellevue, um, <laughs> frankly, you know it. It's not completely dead, but the impression I get is that it's just mostly dead. And for for Bellevue for Bellevue to come to, back to life, uh, Billy Crystal is going to have to stick some chocolate medicine in his throat. Uh, <laughs> it's mostly dead. Uh, I, I right. just don't see it happening. There's there's too much bureaucracy there. They don't have uh, any arena reviews done. They don't have the investors lined up. And if you recall, they were actually it turned it came out that they were going to ask for public funding, and it yeah. was it was not a small number. So when when that first came out, we thought, well, okay, this is all private. This could actually work. But you know, once you bring in public funding, you know, you're not even close to being done. Um, and so even if they come back and try to make it happen again, they're going to have a whole bunch of work to do. Um, yeah. So you know, Soto Soto is definitely the closest. Right. To being done, and we we just need that stupid vote to to happen at some point. Um, and well, then not, of course, yeah. Not only uh, that, but you know, not not only do we need that stupid vote, but you know, we, we need other things to kind of start lining up too in regards to if we, you know, if if, yeah, we need if teams. the thought is yeah, if the, if the thought that the NBA is 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 a bit further out than maybe the NHL. You know, we still need the whole thing in regards to the NHL first, uh, you know, NHL first yeah. uh, change to the MOU. So there's, but you're right. This is the next step in the process to get to the point where we can have that discussion, right? So, yeah. um, man, now, man, what I think, Paul, this drags out to because July this is or taking June, so long. July. That's yeah. I don't know why it's taking yeah, so because, long. Yeah, because this is taking so long. Yeah. Um, 
they're giving Ray Bartizak one more chance to get that yeah. investor. And well, if, this, mean, if this goes till June, um, and let's say if, if Ray Bartizak actually lands his investor, um, yeah. I, I think Tequila would actually be in the lead because the, well, the arena reviews aren't going to take very long there. And also, well, yeah. um, but I mean, so yeah, but I, I, it's, I say that like it's a really easy thing. Like, yeah, if he gets his investor, it'll be in the lead. Right. The investor, of course, <laughs> is the hard part. And, and so, the biggest part. Um, yeah, it, it's the biggest part, uh, which well, he hasn't been able to, to land yet. Go ahead. Wasn't the, weren't we supposed to get like at least the, the draft EIS complete uh, first quarter 2014 or 2014, 2016. Well, wasn't that wasn't the, the original timeline showed that the first step in regards for, to draft EIS was supposed to be done for Tuckwilla? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. But so um, that that was assuming that there would be no gaps in bill payments or either. So uh, that's right. uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that when they missed that payment, things got delayed some. So I, and I, I very specifically, I specifically asked him that question. Uh, right. Okay. So he's still in, but where are they on the review? And he, he didn't really know because no, because all he knows is that Ray Bartoszek is still in and that's all we know. Yeah. Uh, so, so we don't know where they are in that process. It could, I mean, they could be a month or two away or they could be six months away because we, we just haven't heard anything other than, they were behind on that bill. Uh, but now right. that it's paid, I, I would think that they're proceeding again. That's, but no, uh, it, it's hard to say. Yeah, I hope. Uh, and So, yeah, if they if the reviews are still proceeding and if he's able to land an investor, um, because Soto is taking so long, I think Tequila could actually take the lead. But, again, but that's like saying, you know, if I had a billion dollars, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be in debt. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and I, but I don't have a billion dollars, and I don't, you know. So it, it's all about yeah. if he can land that investor, and it may take for him to land that investor. It might take Soto failing. I mean, I that that may be what it takes. If, if Soto right. failed, then that investor might be more readily available because it, so because Tequila is absolutely option B right now. Right. Um, and if, if Soto were to go down in flames, uh, I think investors would get uh, would line up with Tequila fairly in in a fair quick hurry uh, because um, there would be less risk on the investment. But yeah. but who knows? Honestly, I mean they're, they're only going to tell <laughs> it's us so all much. Game. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Barzak occasionally tells me things, uh, and you know I usually don't report them. Uh, I, I reported the last one just just to let people know he was still in the game. Uh, usually he he talks to me uh, in uh, oh what's the author's name? Uh, the old codger. Oh I don't I don't know man I, I can't remember. I can't help you. <laughs> yeah I quoted him in in my article, but he he speaks <laughs> to me. He just has a very interesting way of of communicating and, and and it's funny. I like, I like changing, exchanging messages with them, but uh, you know, <laughs> we, we just don't know what's going to happen right now. We're playing the waiting game and the best thing that can happen is that they take the stupid vote, get that done. And then we see where we're at between Coleman and Hanson. 
Uh, yep. And then when we see where we're at with, with Bartozek and Tequila, and we'll just go from there. Um, exactly. But that's where we're at. All right, Otto, I think that brings us to an end for this for this week's show. I want to thank you for yep. being co-host as always. Um, and I want to thank everyone else for joining us. I want to thank Chris Daniels for coming on. I want to thank Sam Hinchy for coming on. And I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for joining us in the Sin Bin with Paul Rogers.